0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's as if somehow, magically, people realized that we were right all along. You got to get masks off of kids, masks don't work. You can't shut down society to save society. I mean, dear Lord, it's the freaking governor of New York. This is what we've been waiting for.
1: Tremendous progress after two long years. And we're not done, but this is trending in a very, very good direction, and that is why we are now approaching a new phase in this pandemic.
0: The new phase? You don't have to have a mask in order to be able to engage a business. Getting rid of the mask mandate. Gone. Holy cow. You've got the governor of Massachusetts getting rid of the mask mandates in schools. You've got Vermont, not Vermont, New Jersey, Delaware, Oregon, California, getting rid of mask mandates in schools. And you've got leftists infuriated You're going to get everybody killed. Yeah, we've been through this. We've been through this conversation of you're going to get everybody killed. Uh, It was never true. It was a lie told by liars. Look, I dealt with it. I've shared the story. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. A pleasure. Uh, you, you, You disagree with me? You, uh, you, you think we should still have kids in masks? You think we should still have uh, a force mask uh, mandates? Go on. Make your point. Call in. I, I, I want to hear you uh, do this. Over there in the UK, the restrictions
2: gone. Mr. Speaker, I can tell the House today that it is my intention to return on the first day after the half-term recess to present our strategy for living with COVID. Yeah. Provided the current encouraging trends in the data continue, it is my expectation that we will be able to end the last domestic restrictions, including the legal requirement to self-isolate, if you test positive, a full month early, Mr. Speaker.
0: Everybody's doing it because we're the cool kids. Also, living in fear is a ridiculous idea. Also, masks don't work against COVID. Also, you have to go back to your life. The Atlantic. The Atlantic producer I already found this story. Open everything. This is a left-leaning as left-leaning goes kind of kind of site. The time to end pandemic restrictions is now. The article. Open everything. Funny, some of us were saying this months ago months ago and months ago we were too early we weren't too early we were right on what's interesting is the way all these people are coming out right now to say it all at one time it's as if the memo went forth and said on this date and on this time you will say hey let's give up masks understand what's happening across states is nothing but political I'm glad it's happening, but I understand what's happening. I think you do too. They are taking a look at midterms. They see that this is wholly unpopular with massive amounts of voting blocks and Democrats would like an opportunity to maybe win something. So they're doing this. But remember, they don't have unanimity. They don't have anything unanimous in terms of agreement from the political left. As a matter of fact, the hosts at MSNBC are infuriated that this could be considered. How dare you think of doing such a thing? How dare you get rid of mass mandates? How dare you think you can get back to normal? Why aren't you afraid? They take a look at people like Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of France.
1: I think one of the things, uh we all understand is just how frustrated everyone is. Um, we're all frustrated. We're all sick and tired of restrictions, of, of mandates, of having to, to make sacrifices, of not being able to do the things we love. Uh, it's been two years, and it's, and it's really, really tiring for all of us. This government has been focused every step of the way on following the best science, following the best public health advice to keep as many people safe as possible. And quite frankly, it's worked. We've seen uh, the curves uh, lower in Canada than elsewhere. We've seen lower death rates. We've seen quicker economic recovery because because Canadians stepped up, because Canadians got vaccinated. And I can understand frustrations with mandates, but mandates are the way to avoid further restrictions.
0: the political left in many places, like at MSNBC and in schools, it seems, hear this from Justin Trudeau, and they go full Tubin. They love this. Mandates are the way to avoid further restrictions is a ridiculous concept, and it isn't following science. So I don't care how it comes about. I'm just glad it comes about. But we should, underneath, care about how it came about. Came about. Because politically it doesn't work. And everything we were told, everything we were told about uh, the death count this and Trump that, all of it. All of it political. Every last bit of it political. Political and unnecessary and obscene. We never had to shut down society. And yes, I was told this guy, meaning me, was going to get people killed. This from, from local so-called journalists uh, in, in Indianapolis. People I wouldn't even waste my, my time naming. Give, give them some kind of platform, please. They wish they had this platform. They dream about this platform. They tubin about having this platform. By the way, that is an acceptable verb, isn't it? No? Yes? Maybe. But what we're seeing is people realize that Americans want to go on with their lives, and across the globe, they want to go on with their lives. Let me say this in the the political left parlance so they get it. Justin Trudeau is on the wrong side of history. That's the line they always love to use. On the wrong side of history, on the right side of history. What does that even mean? Justin Trudeau doesn't believe in the freedom of the people. He believes that only government instructing them what to do can make them better. But the science doesn't believe that. COVID is real. Vaccines really work. You have to go on with your life. Masks don't stop at COVID. The way we wear masks don't stop COVID. Cloth masks don't stop COVID. No one's going to wear an N95 mask eight hours a day. They'd have headaches like the likes of which you wouldn't believe. And kids don't die from COVID in the main. And no one is willing to sacrifice the future of their child for the guise of safety. No one, baby. They're just not willing to do it and this is where we are now. So that's, that's thrilling stuff because maybe we'll get our lives back. And I say that with, with the full admission that I, I wonder whether or not I could have done more to ensure we got our lives back earlier. I say this about myself. I, I wonder if, 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 if others do as well. Do they, do they say this? Do they recognize, you know, could they have done more in their kids' school, things like that? I, I don't think I'm the only one who goes through that. But I do. I do. And now I go through how to prevent that from ever being an issue again. Ever, ever, ever. How to ensure that these power-hungry... Oh, yeah, I was going to say something you can't say on radio. I, that, there, there was definitely going to be something said that you cannot say on radio. It was, go- it was going to happen, but you see, this is how I kept the job so long. I'll dig into this. Meantime, there have having a presser there uh, uh, on Capitol Hill. Senate Republicans getting together talking to talk about rising crime rates, and we've seen them everywhere. We see what's happening with stores and the smash and grabs and the, and the looting and everything else. This is Senator Chuck Grassley talking about it. A bunch of senators assembled. Uh, let's see uh, if they've got anything serious to add.
3: Funding police, you demoralize the police, you uh, have difficulties recruiting, you don't get the uh, proactive policing that we need. So I think we need to start thinking about thanking our police, uh, funding the police properly, encourage proactive policing. And prosecutors, I know you have to have uh, prosecutorial discretion. But you shouldn't be stupid enough to tell people ahead of time what crimes you're going to commit and not crim Because when you tell that, you tell the criminal elements of America, go ahead and steal $950 worth of goods out of San Francisco's retail stores because you aren't going to be prosecuted. And So what do you expect when you tell people that what laws you're going to enforce are not enforced? You're going to, what you expect is what we're getting, more crime. It's about time that we do what government's supposed to do. We all expect government, we all pay taxes to government to protect the American people. Just like the number one responsibility of the federal government is to protect us from foreign uh, enemies. Uh, That's the number one responsibility of local government, is to protect the people of this country.
0: Holy cow! Chuck Grassley spitting fire!
3: But he's well, right. If you
0: morning, tell people you're not going to prosecute uh, certain cases, you know you're going to get more of those crimes. A rational position. Can you imagine the levels to which you ever thought that you would actually celebrate rational thought? You took it as like for granted, and now we have to celebrate. Yeah, don't tell people they can commit crimes because then they'll commit crimes. It's good that we we're not no longer telling them that.
4: Stunning. Senator John Cornyn of Texas. It's a defunding argument because the progressives on the left, the Democrats, realize that's a stone-cold loser. The American people don't believe it. The minority communities, which are unfortunately sometimes targeted by criminals and exploited, they understand the importance of having law enforcement there and properly funded. But it's also, as Senator Grassley said, demoralizing on people who would aspire to serve their communities by working in in law enforcement. These are dangerous jobs. People wake up in the morning, tell their families goodbye, never knowing whether they're going to be able to come home and see them again because of the risk to their lives and their their health. So uh, we ought to be doing everything we can to support our men and women in blue Including making sure that they are funded appropriately and given the respect that they deserve. Senator Daines is next. A few weeks ago, one of my senior seniors so was walking into
2: uh, in his work,
0: conversation. Daines had him on town. I get that right? Yeah, just a
2: few blocks away right. from where we are all standing uh, I here think here at Senator this Todd
0: Young is going to speak. I think and Senator Ted Cruz assaulted. is going to be getting in on this uh, conversation. Kind of if, if they come up, I will well bring that to you. In the meantime, in the bigger cities, the Mitch McConnell, he's calling January 6th an insurrection, and that's starting a whole new fight. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
1: Portland, Indianapolis, Toledo. Rochester, St. Paul, Tucson, Albuquerque, Louisville, Columbus, Baton Rouge, Austin, and Philadelphia. What do those 12 cities have in common? Every single one of them is run by Democrats, all of them. The crime that we are seeing surging across this country is a direct result of Democrats soft on crime policies. Joe Biden nominated not one, but two of the leading advocates in the country for abolishing the police to senior roles at the U.S. Department of Justice. Every single Senate Democrat voted to confirm two of the leading advocates of abolishing the police to senior positions at the U.S. Department of Justice. When Democrats engage in anti-police rhetoric, when they demonize police officers, It has consequences. President Biden nominated Rachel Rollins to be the U.S. Attorney of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Rachel Rollins is one of the many Soros DAs who, as district attorney in Suffolk County, put out a list of 15 crimes her prosecutors were not allowed to prosecute. Tony Katz,
0: Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is happening. It's Ted Cruz, a, a bunch of Republican senators having a press conference about increasing crime. And yes, these prosecutors who don't prosecute crimes are a serious, serious problem. And that done, that, that lack of prosecution is done by design. In the
1: face of skyrocketing crime, crime that has women and men across this country deeply, deeply concerned for the safety of their family. The White House press secretary laughs about it laughs about. What crime? What are you talking about? This administration is so out of touch they don't understand that when people are getting carjacked when their homes are threatened, their lives are threatened, that violent crime is real, and when you attack and demonize police officers over and over again, it has a consequence, it is wrong. And I got to say, at any point, Senate Democrats, one Senate Democrat could have stood up and said enough is enough. If one Senate Democrat on the Judiciary Committee had said no, These advocates for abolishing the police would not be senior members of the Department of Justice. If one Senate Democrat on the Judiciary Committee had said no, Rachel Rollins, this incredibly soft on crime Soros DA, who effectively abolished the police by ordering her prosecutors not to prosecute drug crimes, not to prosecute resisting arrest, not to prosecute trespassing. We're seeing in stores across the country, looters breaking in, mocking the law because Democrats won't prosecute them. It's not right. It's not fair. And we need to keep people safe.
4: Senator Marshall. All right.
1: We've got two words for America today, crack pipes. Crack pipes, not crack pots. Did any of us ever think...
0: I got to tell that you, that's not the way to start a press conference. <laughs> class, <laughs> so Senator Cruz is done. They moved on to Senator Marshall, I believe, is from Kansas. Um, the, the, the crime issue, the, the, the purpose of this press conference, one could argue, is not just to remind America, yeah, we've got a crime issue. The purpose of this press conference is to remind Republicans, hey, we've got a subject to run on. This is a real subject, but it is multilayered. Now, when I tell you uh, that this lack of prosecution from prosecutors is by design, it absolutely is by design. Put in leftist, progressive, nay, communist uh, uh, prosecutors who don't believe crimes are crimes, because if you can do away with the rule of law, you can institute, institute what you value, which is the rule of man. And understand that in a rule of man situation, you have far less power they are able to obtain far more power it's really ugly and sinful just take a look at a history book the disruption is meant to disrupt the way of life and the argument some will make is well america's bigoted and racist and terrible we have to disrupt it and the answer is no america without america is china now that is a bigoted bigoted awful way of life we have solvable issues Just got to go about, you know, handling those. Got to go about solving those. But it's not solved by taking away the rule of law. It's not solved by rampant crime that gets excused by certain activists by saying, well, they have insurance. It's not how, that's not how this comes together. That does not make any sense whatsoever. It's It's an absolutely positively terrible and miserable idea.
3: That's not how it works.
0: That's not how any of this works. So this press conference is the right idea. It really is. Now, Saki is supposed to be having a press briefing. And she kept delaying it yesterday. She got beat up pretty good yesterday. I think we could go for a round two. In the meantime, NBC sent Mike Tarico home. From China, and there's a reason why. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Gumby is making a comeback. Words I never thought I would say. I'm Gumby, damn it. Gumby is making a comeback over there at Fox. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. They've acquired all the rights there to Gumby, Pokey, and the friends from the estate of Joseph uh, Clokey. It was Art Clokey who created uh, the Gumby character. Do you know the Gumby character? Yeah. Are you? Okay, just making sure. Green, green, dude, kind of bendy, stretchy, right? Bendy, I guess stretchy, bendy, stretchy, dude. I guess that's the way uh, you would put it. Uh, And uh, this is uh, going to be the full library of animated specials, movies, and content which currently air on Tubi, which is owned by Fox. I didn't know it was owned by Fox. Those, those other services. So uh, this comes into mind because it was. um, What's the word? That's it. Amazon Prime is raising its price. Amazon Prime um, is going to be $139 a year now. And you get uh, the, 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 the streaming service, and then you get the free shipping. That, that's what you get with the Amazon Prime. And so now it, when I started with it, it was $99. Then it was $119. Now it's $139. So that's up $40 in, in a few years inflation's real let's let's be clear about that I, I don't think we're 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 saying anything out out of out of the norm there inflation is real the the question before us is does anybody leave the service like if if you see 140 139 dollars 140 bucks you're like yeah it's too much it's too rich for my blood and then you get to, to, like, the wokeness stuff. We were talking yesterday about uh, the Oscar nominations came out. And just on the Best Picture stuff, you see Don't Look Up with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and Meryl Streep and, and Jonah Hill. And you're like, this movie's bad. This movie is all about wokeness. This movie is all about uh, an allegory for climate change. Just Just nonsense. Nonsense, stereotypical garbage. Adam McKay is way better than this. And he decided, nah, I'll just take the money. I'll phone this mother right in. You take that and a couple other things to to the Netflix implosion, and you don't want to be with Netflix anymore. And people certainly have left. The question is, do they go to these other kinds of places? So Paramount Network, I don't think would do anything if it wasn't for Yellowstone. Yellowstone has got to be the thing that has made these smaller services have hope. So, Yellowstone is Kevin Costner. It's set there in Montana. It's the most popular show in America. Yellowstone is huge. Full disclosure saw the first episode and said, meh. And then people said to me, oh, no, no, you got to keep watching. You got to keep watching. Which is the true, you know, which is true of of many, many shows. You got to keep at it. And if you keep at it, then you get the, you know, then you get the payoff. You're like, okay, I'm invested in these characters. I felt that way about Longmire. It took about, it took a season to get into Longmire. And then I was like, Longmire is good. And then the last season, it's like, what is this? But that, that happens, right? There's only so long you can do great television. That's what makes something great that through the end, it stays great. But these smaller services like Tubi is that something you pay money for? Let me I mean think of it another way just 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 for 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 a moment. You take Roku and you could have a Roku channel. Right? You can get you you can do this. You can you can get a channel and and you know create it and have it on Roku. How in the world would you compete against The myriad of services, because one of the things that I seem to notice is that the free services, if you will, the free services, they don't garner the attention of the pay services. And part of the issue is, is that the service is free. So you don't get the the quality of programming that other people like, yeah, you got to pay me for that. Yeah, I, I got to get a couple of dollars in order to get that one going right there. So it, it, it's a question of whether or not these other services have the way to pick up. Now, if Fox owns Tubi, well, they have a lot of opportunity to put a lot of lot of shows there, right? They can just they can shove it over, and you could say to me, you know what, Tony, Gumby's fun and all, but it's Gumby, and I don't care about Gumby. I can appreciate that. The point is, they're trying to find ways to build out these other platforms. So the question before us is: uh, are, are these other platforms are they given opportunity because of Netflix's politics and because of Amazon's price increases? There, there's, is there a moment here? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm asking: Is there a business here? But I, I don't. I think that's, that's got to take a lot of dollars, right? That's got to take a lot of ducats to to, to figure that one out. And I'll, you know, I you was talking about Oscars and they're looking at uh, Oscar snubs and that Lady Gaga got snubbed for House of Gucci. I heard that the movie wasn't good. Right? She got an Oscar nomination for A Star Is Born, but she's not getting an Oscar nomination for everything. As I have heard uh, about Gucci, they could have cut half of that movie out and still have had a good movie. Some people are upset that Spider-Man No Way Home didn't get nominated. It's got a sole nomination in the visual effects category. These movies never get... They never get nominated, right? Right? like like no one's going to say absolutely this sh- this should be a picture of the, uh, 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 of of the year absolutely positively no one Bradley Cooper he got snubbed Yeah, uh, he's in licorice pizza and I and uh, also uh he's nominated as a producer for Nightmare Alley, he didn't get nominated as an actor And also, not getting a nomination, Jennifer Hudson in the Aretha Franklin uh, uh, biopic, Respect. Very, very angry. And, of course, that will, of course, be a conversation about racism and bigotry in Hollywood, to which I'm not in Hollywood. I don't want to hear it. You want to go complain about bigotry in Hollywood? Sure, knock yourself out. Have fun with that. I want to be no part of it. It's on you. You leftists, You figured it out. Uh, Senator Todd Young is speaking about crime right now, Senator from Indiana, uh, as they're continuing with this press conference that Ted Cruz put together about crime rates in the United States. Let's hear this from Senator Young.
2: Indianapolis. This coalition was, was organized years ago to try and prevent violent crime from plaguing the cities of Indianapolis. And I can tell you, It was created because, at the time, there was grave concern about the number of fatalities on the streets of Indianapolis. In 2018, there were 178 Hoosiers who lost their lives in Indianapolis through a homicide. Just three years later, we saw a 52% increase in the number of homicides, 271 individuals Many of them leaving behind children, blessed family members, spouses, murder. It's not just Indianapolis, however, that is less safe, more than a dozen major cities across the United States have seen similar upticks in violent crime. Now there are indeed all sorts of reasons for this, but we know one of the real drivers has been public policy, a lack of leadership, including here at the federal level. When you have porous borders and you allow in horrible substances that that pollute our streets and and, uh, uh, fuel criminal enterprises, you're going to have more murders. When you're unsuccessful in persuading the Chinese Communist Party to cease cease its export of of precursors used to produce these horrible banned substances, you're going to have more murders. When you nominate to the Justice Department of the United States of America, soft on crime, U.S. attorneys and, and top Justice Department officials, you're going to have more murders. And yes, though a number of My Democratic colleagues have recently seen the light as it relates to the defund the police rhetoric. When you plant that seed, folks, you are going to have more murders. So I'm pleading. I'm pleading with this administration to step up, to lead. I'm pleading with my colleagues to stay as strong as possible and supporting our police during these very difficult times. I'm pleading with our community leaders not to lose hope because, as you've seen today, there are a number of people that stand with you, that stand with our most marginalized communities, that stand with our men and women in blue to ensure that every American has the benefit of a safe community for their family and for themselves. I'm pleading with with Americans to tell their United States senator, to tell their representatives and and to tell this administration that if they fail to see the light, we're going to make them feel the heat and change their policies. Republicans won't stand down. We will continue to stand up for safe communities so that every American can realize their full human potential. Thank you.
0: Thank you, guys. That was a very interesting conversation from Todd Young. A lot of talk about Indianapolis, our beloved Indianapolis. I think he was talking about Indy Ten Point Coalition there. I think that's what he was starting with. But absolutely, we all know it. In Indianapolis, we all know it. Crime rates through the roof. This city has not been the same. The the, the horror show has been Indianapolis. Downtown Indianapolis is really fantastic. It's terrific. It is the convention city of America. So easy to to get around here. So you don't need a cab. Walk to restaurants, walk to bars, walk to the venue, the 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 um convention centers right there. Easy walks to something called Mass Ave and you can party it up. It's it's great. It's great. Or it was. And while we still get the conventions and we still, of course, can do the big stuff, right? We can clean it up for the big stuff. College football championship, oh yeah, we got you covered. You want to be the bubble for for the NCAA basketball, yeah, we got you covered. But the issue, the issue here is that on the everyday, the murder rate has gone up and up and up. We still have storefronts that haven't recovered from the riots that we had. And you have empty stores all over the place. We have allowed institutions here like City Market, to go under. We've allowed them to be destroyed by by homelessness. Where the city clearly didn't care that people were defecating on the streets. They didn't care. People would complain about it and they'd be like, ooh, that person's complaining, let's keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on the complainer. A city that has given up not only in, in its political leadership, but has given up in its civic leadership. Indianapolis is the place where business leaders signed a letter to tell the Indiana General Assembly, hey, uh, don't mess with the police department, because there was a conversation about the state taking over the, the police in Indianapolis. It's the capital city, and they're, they're tired of, of, of how horrible things are. So the corporate leaders, the civic leaders all signed a letter to say, you stop it. But none of them sign a public letter to say, hey, public officials, let's do something about the crime. Let's do something about the murder. Let's do something about the drug use. Let's do something about the open defecation. They don't do it. And we've got some serious corporate leaders here. But it seems very obvious that they are not actually tied to the city, interested in the city this is where you live this is where you work this is where your people work it doesn't matter to you if you are a corporate entity that is focused on diversity but has never focused on the murder rate in your city you're doing it wrong you're a bad boss because I will bet you all the money in my pocket versus all the money in your pocket that you're not a racist and you're not a bigot, but you're such an unbelievable political ideologue that you won't look at the thing that's keeping people from coming downtown, whether it's employees or, or whether it's customers. We gotta make sure we have the right diversity. To, based on what? To satisfy whom? The mob? What are you doing to ensure that your employees can get downtown safely? What are you doing to ensure that the place you live is the best place it could possibly be? What's your investment in that? And I don't think it necessarily has to be dollars, but certainly can it be a voice to say, hey, the murders, if we could just have less of those. That'd be good. if we could just have less of them th- with, with the deaths and the killing, and also if we're having less, if we could less have less of the human poop, if we could just have less of that on the streets, that would be better. City Market is a place you'd go and you'd have lunch, you'd get breakfast, you'd grab a coffee, a lot of cool little shops and restaurants. It's a ghost town. Those people moved out, most of them did. Because the, the upkeep wasn't there, because the city didn't protect it or take care of it. The city is responsible for that happening. This very, very cool spot. And civic leaders, corporate leaders, I should say, corporate leaders say ungats. They don't say nothing, yet they want to get respected. But if, if, if you want to hear about their diversity plans, oh, they'll be the first to tell you, well, we cut a check to Black Lives Matter. And oh, we did this. And oh, we hired 17 diversity, equity, inclusion officers. We're great. We're wonderful. We're terrific. Your city is freaking dying. And you people don't say nothing. With all due respect, stop telling us how special you are. Stop talking to us about diversity. We need less diversity in dead Hoosiers. And we need more Actual policing. I'm Tony Katz.